Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. All right, Mr. Davis, let's do ourselves a helping a tech gumbo today. I'm excited. Start off with some news and updates here. We've talked about Netflix and they're cracking down on password sharing. Not going so well for them. Yeah, whenever this was first leaked that they were thinking about it, Netflix said, oh, we would never. No, that's not us. Even though the internal documents said that they were about to. Well, they turned it on. Then Netflix said, oh, well, we're only going to do it in those other countries. It's not coming to America. Don't worry. Well, currently it's in Peru, Chile, and Costa Rica. And those Netflix subscribers are no longer subscribers. That's right. The company has told them you're either going to pay $3 per month per user more than you're currently doing, or we're just going to cut your account off. And so they said, fine, kill the account. And Netflix is losing subscribers. They're hemorrhaging subscribers in those three countries. Oh, and you have to think that more is coming because... For a lot of people, they created their Netflix account in 2012 or 2014, and it's just kind of sustained stuff under momentum. And then it's like, all right, well, I still have it. I might as well keep it around. But if you're going to sit there and start making me angry with it, and all of a sudden you're going to start fighting me on it, well, fine. I don't need you that bad. I, I've got everything else now. I'll close you out. And so this is... Netflix kicking the hornet's nest, and I don't think they're putting the toothpaste back in the tube. So Netflix is sending out notifications that, hey, your account is possibly being pirated or a shared account, and when they continue to ignore them and then their account gets turned off, then when they call in, hey, why is my account been turned off? I want my, my service back on. Oh, well, you've been sharing that password and we can tell, so it's going to cost you an extra $12 a month for the three different people who are using it who don't live with you. And they're like, okay, oh, fine, cancel the account. Because Netflix has already been increasing the price steadily over time, 
And if you're at, you know, you were at 14 bucks a month a couple of years ago, and now all of a sudden you're already at 18 baseline, you're going to add in another, you're sitting at 25, close to 30 bucks, not even close. At 12 bucks a month, absolutely. But at double that, no. So again, this is what's going on in Peru, Chile, and Costa Rica. What happens in the U.S. and other very populated countries where Netflix is very popular? It'll be real interesting to see the reaction when if all of a sudden Netflix has a 10, 15, 20% drop in subscribers, do they do they still think it's a good idea? And you have to think that that's why they're trying it in these three countries first, that they want to see how far down does it go? Do they end up net revenue positive? What is the backlash like? It's just an experiment because if it, if it goes too bad, you think this, this all right, you know, we're, we're not rolling that on anywhere else. But if they look at it, they do the numbers and say, you know what? Yeah, we made some people angry, but we did come out with more money. Oh, yeah, it's coming. I don't see them having a good experience in the United States. When you look at those three countries and they combined don't have the population of the of New York City and you start whacking numbers, hemorrhaging subscribers the way they're doing down in those countries, their stock would, would crumble. It's going to be fascinating. We will continue to stay on top of the story because, boy, is it interesting. And speaking of crumbling, the good folks in, at Apple have been given an ultimatum. If you want to sell your iPhones on the European continent beginning January 1, 2024, it has to have the USB port on it. Yeah, EU is continuing to be leaps and bounds ahead of the US in terms of technological laws. And so because they're enforcing a standard, Apple will no longer be able to have their own proprietary port they're going to have to comply with everyone else in the world and use USB-C. So if you remember the big uproar back in 2012, 2013, 2014, when Apple first went to the lightning port from then when they moved away from that big wide port that had the 30 something pins on it to the to the lightning port. And everybody was so furious. They were gnashing their teeth and throwing themselves on the ground and the world was coming to an end. Oh, wait, that port was faster. That port was better. I, I like the Lightning port. And everybody got over it real fast. So now, if you go buy a new iPhone after 2024, and probably before 2024, it's going to be a USB-C port, the same port that's in all the Android phones, and most everything else on Earth nowadays. This is not going to be a bad thing, and nobody's going to be gnashing their teeth. There, there'll be a few... Oh, I got to go buy a new $5 cable. Oh, oh, the USB-C is faster and better? Okay. And I can use the same cable that I used to charge my phone, that I used to charge my mouse, that I used to charge my computer, that I used to charge my remote, that I used to charge my... And the list goes on and on because all the devices are switching to that USB-C port now because it's so efficient. It's such a... It's a universal standard... And it's got a lot of very good technology inside of it. This is something that Apple had to have seen this coming. This was not a surprise from the EU at all. And so, like you said, I, I would guess that 
probably the in 2023, Apple will start rolling out their phones that have the USB-C because they, they don't want to be up against that deadline. They want to make sure that they're compliant ahead of time. We here in America are going to continue to reap the benefits of our overseas brethren being able to do something with their legislative body. And so good for us. And oh, by the way, we, we did some digging. The USB-C port is not going away. USB-C 4, which is the next version, USB-C is currently, is technically is USB 3. USB 4 is going to use the exact same port. It's just going to be a much thicker cable, and it's going to allow the data transfer up to 40 gigabits of throughput. The The question that we asked ourselves was, okay, you know, the European Union is mandating this USB-C port. Well, what comes next? Basically was our question, you know, what happens whenever we transition out of USB-C? And it turns out that there's not yet a plan to. It's not like, you know, other standards, wherever they see the next one somewhere out on the horizon. This USB-C port really is a, a great one and, and really does a lot of things very well. And so we expect it to be around for a long time. The, as you mentioned, the cable will change. You know, we'll upgrade to better cables. But the end, the, the tip that actually touches the machine itself, that will stay standard, hopefully for a while. I think it will. Good on the EU. And for those of us who use our iPhones, their next generations of iPhones will be a different kind of charging port. Moving along, we tried to stay away. We just can't. It's it's possible not to talk about Elon Musk in the news. We did go one whole week without mentioning his name, but he's now saying he has a right not to buy Twitter, and he's got a lawyer out there saying so, but I don't know. This was obvious to anybody for a while that he wasn't going to buy it. He just had to make sure there was enough time between the two. Whenever he first put it on hold, he, my guess is that he rushed in to buy it and because he waived his due diligence. He signed some contracts and he signed some stuff without doing this whole investigation process first. That's the whole thing is had he done that uh, uh, on the front end, and he raises all these things. Now all of a sudden he doesn't even have to worry about all this. He just, he backs away. But there was a bunch of stuff signed. And now that's why there's going to be lawyers involved. Because Twitter's going to have their lawyers involved. And as we mentioned, there was a $1 billion backout clause. And then the Twitter lawyers are going to say, well, wait, you're now manipulating the stock price here. Oh, it's this is going to be ugly. Come on, the Twitter board's going to say, "Oh, he okay, never mind. We know you were just kidding." They're going to roll over and, and play dead, aren't they? Oh, he's going to have some great meme that he posts on Twitter about how how this was all a joke. Ha ha! Didn't we get it? Yeah. Well, not to be outdone, the Texas Attorney General has chimed in saying, hey, wait a minute. You mean there's really spam bots out there on Twitter? I mean, are the businesses here in Texas think they're getting real eyeballs? We want to know how many how many spam bots are really or as well. So our, our, our Texas businesses are taken care of. 
Yeah, this is something which, on its surface, you say, okay, well, you know what? This is actually an interesting line of inquisition. But it starts to fall apart once you start asking some more questions of it. And the first question I would say is, well, it, Twitter definitely has a bot problem, uh, but are you going after Facebook as well? I'm certain Facebook has a bot problem. Are you going after Instagram? Are you going after Amazon? Everyone knows Amazon has reviews written by bots. And so, well, if you're not going after those people, what is it about Twitter? And then his argument is, oh, well, the Texas business and advertisers who use Twitter, anybody who's worth their salt in the digital advertising business doesn't use eyeballs as a metric. They don't use views as a metric. They use click-through conversion rates, which means that what they are actually tracking is they see you see the ad, they see you click on the ad, they see you go to whatever page that is, and then how often does someone buy that product or subscribe to that service? And they track that whole end-to-end process, and then they know what that percentage is, and they know what that percentage is for ads on Twitter, on Facebook, on Google, on YouTube, on Instagram. And so you can sit there and see all across the digital landscape where you're going to get the best amount of return of people who see your ad and actually go all the way through to buying your service. And so if for whatever reason, Twitter had an unusually high bot percentage and there's a bunch of people and your your click-through conversion rate was much smaller than the other platforms, that number would come out. And Twitter would have to charge much less for its ads because everyone would see that buying an ad on Twitter would not be as valuable. And so Twitter has a vested interest in reducing its bot percentage. This whole thing is just immediately falls apart to anyone who understands how this actually works. But I have this sinking sensation that the Texas Attorney General doesn't actually understand how this works. And so it completes the cycle. Well, he's taking care of that that newly minted Texan named Elon Musk because take care of our citizens here in Texas. And that, as an explanation, makes perfect sense. This is him sending a message. We're going to fight for our Texans. Don't tell me about what actually is happening. I just have to, on Twitter, be able to post that I'm going out and defending my Texans, regardless of whether or not I'm actually making a difference or helping them. I got to have that post on Twitter which said that I'm doing something. And so the wheel goes round. And so it does. We wanted to do an update. We saw a story. We first brought this to you, oh, probably 2020, somewhere in that time frame, that there was hints of the 6G cellular network that people had already started working on that 5G had not even officially launched yet. But they were already talking about 6G. Well, Nokia now says the 6G network will launch in 2030. That's what they're estimating, too. No one's able to pinpoint ahead of time. But when they talk to their engineers, when they look at, you know, how long it took from the 5G and the 4G, it's not the first time we've done this. We've, you know, had a, a couple iterations. And so... You could start to say that that's their that's their goal. You know, if it's 2029, if it's 2031, give or take. But 
in the way that we were starting to ramp up talking about 5G back in 2019 and it was really first rolling out in 2020, that's the expectation for 2030. Don't run out there to the big box store trying to buy a, a 6G cell phone yet. They're not on the market, but they probably will. Some marketing department have them out in a few years from now. So stand by. The interesting thing will be, what does a 6G cell phone look like? If we think about how much faster than 4G, 5G was, if we keep that same idea for what 6G is going to be, having a cell phone no longer even makes sense because of how fast it's going to be. We're going to really start to see the speeds just be unthinkable to this point in time. What that device is, what it will do, what it will be capable of doing, and what the hardware will be capable of doing. We're going to be looking at some futuristic stuff. It's not just going to be the same glass screen that's a couple of generations bigger anymore. Moving along, back to the autonomous vehicle world, something you're rather familiar with. Uber and Waymo partnering on long-haul autonomous trucking. This makes a lot of sense that Uber has a Uber Freight division and that they are looking to get into that business because if you already are a, a transportation logistics company, then that makes a lot of sense for you to be in freight. But... Uber was also trying to get into the autonomous vehicle industry. It didn't go well back in 2018, and they have never really been able to get it restarted after that incident. And so Waymo coming in behind them to say, we've done things the right way. We have a working autonomous vehicle. Let's partner on this end. This makes a lot of sense. Instead of fighting it out and suing each other, they're, they're going to do it the right way, do a partnership. And now we are going to get collaboration and, and make it better. And especially over in Dallas, we, we need to make sure that our, we get toilet paper. Fun little story we found. There's an autonomous truck company, Gatik, G-A-T-I-K. They're partnering with Georgia Pacific in order to deliver their paper goods, specifically the toilet paper. We all know what the, the crisis was the beginning of COVID where everybody was hoarding toilet paper and we couldn't get toilet paper out. Well, now we've got autonomous vehicles that will drive through any kind of weather, any kind of pandemic. We've got vehicles that can get you your toilet paper. Oh, yeah. That autonomous vehicle will not get in a wreck and it will not catch COVID. Rain, sleet, or shine, you will have your two or three ply in your Walmart Sam's Club store. So thank you to the, the good people at Gaddick for making that happen. And the last thing we wanted to talk about, this one just amuses me. Because of the, the, the lack of computer chips that are out there, Russia's been having to pull computer chips out of dishwashers to help fix their tanks. Yeah, their entire economy and especially their tech economy is hurting so bad. They're pulling semiconductors out of refrigerators, out of dishwashers, out of anything that they can find it because they are desperate right now. And that's not a good place to be if you're in a land war. Now you can just see some some tank crew going across Ukraine right now. They're launching their bombs out the front of the tank and doing a load of dishes in the back. Just really, that's just that that doesn't speak well for the Russian army. 
No, they've they've suffered a lot of losses, and you have to think that it's it's gonna keep getting uglier. When you're having to use home appliances to keep your military going, you're not set up to 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 be competitive. This is not a good look. Absolutely not. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. You can also always text us 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.